welcome to the Women With Fire podcast. I am Michelle Gifford. I am Sarah Allred. God is calling women around the world to stand up and make a difference. We call this your quest. God needs you. Learn from other women who are navigating their own quests. And through this podcast, light that fire as you embark upon your own. Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to another episode of the Women With Fire podcast. You are with Michelle and Sarah. Happy Thursday. It's Quest Day. Quest Day is the best day, like we say around these parts. So on Thursday, we get to talk about the quest. And if you're not exactly sure what the quest is, well, you need to catch up, sister. So go to episode 48, and that will give you a really great rundown of what the quest is. And But I mean, listen to this one. This is going to be great. But if you have questions at the end, go make sure you listen to episode 48. It's a good one. But today we're going to be talking about Dorcas in the scriptures and her quest in your quest and why you need to know about Dorcas, because I'm guessing you probably don't, right? She is so marvelous because we are sort of coming full circle as far as the quest. We have gone through every step of the quest in detail on the podcast. And you know what? We are revisiting the idea of the quester, like you as the quester. And Dorcas is such a powerful example of honing in on her gifts as a quester. And wow, the apostle Peter really brings things home as far as the power of one person and the importance of one person. And the the little bonus to this story is that her circle of influence was actually very small very small. And she's one of, let's be honest, very few women mentioned in the Bible and her circle of influence was so small. So I just love the symbolism that we can take home from that. Like that our circle of influence, wherever we are is enough um, because the worth of souls is great, right? Even that one soul. So she is marvelous. So Michelle, do you want to start us off kind of setting the stage on what she's all about and we can get going on the actual story? Sure. Maybe, maybe we'll read. It's in Acts. It, this is Peter. This is one of his miracles. And um, so if you, you can read, it's really not very long. I think it's like six or seven verses. So you could read this right now. So it's Acts chapter nine, verse 36 through I think through 40, 41, 40, you know, you can, you can stop the story whenever you want, but about 41 (laughs) anyway. So, um, so I'm going to read part of it and because it's better to get the fullness of the scriptures and then we're going to break it down. So let's go. So this is verse 36. Now there was at Joppa, a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And for as much as Lydda was nigh to Joppa and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber and all the widows stood by him, weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed and turning him to the body said, Tabitha arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up and he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows presented her alive. So this is Peter raising 
Tabitha or Dorcas, the same person from the dead. And the really beautiful part about this is that when he, when they said, Hey, you know, we really need you to, to perform a miracle and raise her from the dead. And it wasn't because she was command of legions. She wasn't, didn't have this huge power, you know, that she was in charge of. It's because the widows went to Peter and said, look at the coat she's made for us. Look at how she takes care of us. And because of that, Peter raised her from the dead and said, oh, continue your work. Your work. It's, it's amazing and needed and we need you. Isn't that so powerful? Like, is that quest really worth raising her from the dead? Well, well, Peter thought so. Peter thought so. And that is so powerful to me because I am constantly amazed at how small her circle is. And I know that I've repeated that twice, but that that was worth it. Absolutely worth it. Now, a couple of the words that stand out to me uh, that have been fascinating to study has been that they, they said that she was alms deeds, right? That that was her gift. And what that really means is that she's a compassionist, okay? That she, she sees the needs of others, that she's compassionate towards them. And man, she is really a quester because she does something about it, right? It's one thing to see. It's a whole other thing to actually do and act on it. And she was acting on it. And this is also a woman you might resonate with because she was not a woman who was formally called. She was not the compassionate service leader in her ward. <laughs> she was not. She was not in the Relief Society presidency. She was not serving on the board of trustees for some amazing nonprofit. Like she was not formally called. She held no formal title but she held a spiritual title as a compassionist through her spiritual gift that she acted on. And man, when I bring that into my heart, I'm like, what spiritual titles do I have? What spiritual gifts do I have that I can act on to create an incredible impact? It is just incredible. So I'm going to pull in here. Um, as we, we talked about her being a compassionist, she, you know, she wasn't formally called but she felt called, which that's why you're listening about the quest. You have felt called in some way, right? She is just making coats. She dies. You know, the end of the story, spoiler, he raises her from the dead and she can continue on. Okay. So often I love how often we're able to work with people who feel called and want to do something. And it sounds silly to them. Like they're like, well, I really feel like I should share my family traditions on a blog. And they like say it in this way that they're like, this is like silly or embarrassing or why would this ever help anyone or something like that. Here's the reality of what's being communicated. All that is needed to be a quester is a need. Bottom line, people, bottom line, that's all you need. So are there people who struggle finding great family traditions? Yes. So that blog for family traditions there's a need. Go, Quester, go. That's the whole point of what the quest is all about. All that is needed is a need. And if you need to get way beyond the fluff and get deep, we've got to talk about C.S. Lewis. Always. Okay. <laughs> this is a quote. I'm actually going to have our podcast editor put it in the show notes because it's, it is thick. It is one that you'll want to like read more than once. So I'm going to read it and get everything you can about your first impression about the quote when we read this. And he talks about questers. That's what he's talking about. And I've edited it to say women. Okay, let's just be honest. Here we go. All right, quote, already the new women are dotted here and there all over the earth. Some, as I have admitted, are still hardly recognizable, but others can be recognized. Every now and then one meets them. 
their very voices and faces are different from ours, stronger, quieter, happier, more radiant. They begin where most of us leave off. They are, I say, recognizable, but you must know what to look for. They will not be very like the idea of religious people, which you have formed from your general reading. They do not draw attention to themselves. You tend to think that you are being kind to them when they are really being kind to you. They love you more than other men do, but they need you less. They will usually seem to have a lot of time. You will wonder where it comes from. When you have recognized one of them, you will recognize the next one much more easily. And I strongly suspect, but how should I know, that they recognize one another immediately and infallibly across every barrier of color, sex, class, age, and even creeds. In that way, to become holy is rather like joining a secret society. To put it at the very lowest, it must be great fun. That's C.S. Lewis. Who? Okay, Michelle, <laughs> I did not share this quote for, with you as we prepared. And so I want to know your initial takeaway on the spot, Michelle. What is C.S. Lewis saying here? Um, he, <laughs> I think that we've met these people, right? I have some people in my life that I just, you just know they know what they're supposed to be about. And they're, you know what? We met one. Rhonda, I feel like let's call her out. She's coming to my mind. Let's call her out. Rhonda Steed. Rhonda Steed. We met her in in Canada when we went to speak at an event up there. And she had us in her home and made this like beautiful dinner. And her house is beautiful. But you go in and the comment that all of these, like all of us kept saying, it just feels like home, right? It just feels like home. And it's, I mean, it wasn't like it's even hard to put a finger on it, but it wasn't like commenting about her beautiful decorations, even though they were there and wonderful and her house is beautifully decorated. And it wasn't necessarily comments about the food, even though it was so good. Um, But it was just this feeling of we're here, we're home, we're accepted. And it's because she made us feel that way. And I, and I've been, I've been thinking about this a whole lot because I want this to be a part of my life. And some of the things that I think is that she was unapologetic of her goodness, right? Like she paints, she just like gets these artistic limbs and she paints these beautiful pictures. And I was like, oh my gosh, did you paint that picture? She's like, yeah, I did. Cause I wanted to like, there was no like, oh, it's not very good. It's not whatever. She just was like, yes, this is a part of me. This is who I am. And it makes my house more beautiful. And, um, and it was a lived in house. Like you just felt like you were, supposed to be there. And I, and I have, you know, I can name a lot of, a lot of people that are around me that are this person. And that, I mean, it's not, it's never presented in the same way. Like I have a good friend who just finds the one, like she is always bringing someone to church because she can, she's like, just can find them because she's done it and she's practiced and the Lord knows that he can trust her. Um, but I just, I think a lot of times because of Instagram, because like, because our world is bigger in that we can see more of the world, right? We're into a lot more people's lives than we ever have been. Um, that we, you know, we, we think that our quest needs to be this huge, big thing and a million whatever, and all this stuff. But I have found that those people who are doing things one by one, that their joy is so much more full, right? Sometimes, right? It, because they are seeing the individual change in individual lives. And, and, you know, it goes back to the quote, 
if you bring but one soul unto me, how great shall be your joy. And I see that. And so when, when we read this quote, that was a long answer, you know, I'm long winded. So you're welcome, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't change it. (laughs) (laughs) But when I, when I read this quote, like I'm guessing that you guys probably had some people come to mind, right? That you know, these people who just are about doing good and they don't need much else. Like they don't need any recognition. They're just doing it because they know the Lord has called them. And that's actually where I think it, it all comes down to, and we talk about this a lot, that it really comes down to knowing what the Lord wants you to do. And if you can get that confirmation, then you don't have to worry about all that other stuff. And so you can confidently go forward and not worry about what people think, or if, you know, this is the right thing or whatever, but it's really aligning your will with God's will. And that's what C.S. Lewis is talking about these people who just know they're doing it and then they can go about doing good. Isn't that incredible? If we could get that out of the way, if we could get that out of the way, what could we accomplish? It's just amazing to me. I love how he puts it all together. And I love your example of Rhonda. I felt that exact same way being in her home. They're just, I think the world calls it an X factor. Like she's got the X factor, right? This house has the X factor. It's something you can't put your finger on. And and we can kind of say, no, this is becoming, you know, becoming is the X factor, right? What we're taught to do um, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, like we're becoming, like it's just such a deeper way of existing. And I want that. I want that. And I do think that the starting point is owning up to the spiritual gifts we've been given. Who are you? Are you a compassionist? wonderful. Go for it. You know, Um, just finding those spiritual gifts will really give you a great start on your quest because um, I have found two things in closing that we really want to bring home for you. The first is, and I'm quoting David Butler, um, who we adore. He says, we need you because God scatters the gifts and we need your specific gift. And that is so beautiful to me to recognize that God has scattered and there is no expectation for you to do this on your own. We are supposed to do it with God and we're supposed to do it with each other. The, that is the expectation is that we're working together. And I have to bring home this funny quote that um, I was able to speak at one of Kay West from a worldwide sisterhood. She does these incredible lift events. Michelle's spoken at one and I just spoke at one um, in Mesa that spiritually minded mom put on uh, through this amazing lift event organization. And this girl that I was sitting next to, and because I haven't asked her permission, I will not name her in the podcast, but I was sitting next to her at the table before I even spoke. We're sitting there eating and she shared the funniest quote about manure that cracked me up. Yep. I said manure people. Okay. Horse droppings. And it was the funniest thing. And it is so all about questers. That is what it is all about. And if you need that boost to recognize how much you are needed, think of the manure quote. Okay. So here is, we're going to call these spiritual gifts and relate it to manure. When all the gifts are pooled together, it stinks. Okay. Like manure. But when it's scattered and spread about, it makes things grow. Okay. Isn't that great? (laughs) I've heard that. I've heard that about missionaries too. Put all the missionaries together and it stinks. (laughs) But if you you spread them out. And this, she actually wasn't relating it to gifts. She was relating it to a different topic. But <laughs> truth is truth, people. The reality is, the truth is, 
things have to be scattered, whether it's missionaries, whether it's members of the church, and whether it's gifts, okay? A lot of symbolism in the 10 tribes if you want to go deeper on that. But that is our message for today, is that if we can become more like Dorcas and recognize the value of being a compassionist, symbolically, that it is worth being raised from the dead from, according to Peter. I mean, that is just amazing to me. So take that home. Your task is to dive deeper into who you are as the quester and how has the Lord scattered you to serve specifically where you are right now. That's the task. So thanks so much for joining us on the Women With Fire podcast. Happy Quest Day, and we'll catch you soon. Hey, you guys, that was a great episode, right? Well, do you want a little bit more or a lot more? Well, we have it for you. Head over to thewomenwithfire.com slash bonus, and you're going to find two bonus episodes that you can download that can literally get your soul on fire right now. So Sarah and I get asked to speak at places a lot, and we have two most requested topics, and we are tackling them and giving them right to your inbox. So Sarah's topic is Satan is at the Y, not at BYU, my friends. It is at the Y, and she dives in uh, and tells you how to get over the questions. Then you can pop over and listen to Michelle talk about like the thing she's most fabulous at talking about, and that is God is speaking. Do you hear him? If you feel like revelation is sort of a tripping point for you, she has got some incredible ways that you can better hear the Lord in your everyday life. So these are bonus episodes. You can jump on right now at thewomenwithfire.com slash bonus. Download them right now, and there is more for you to enjoy. Thanks so much for joining us at the Women With Fire podcast.